Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for June 24, 2012. Next article, United Nations Envisions Transhumanist Future Where Man is Obsolete. Um, Okay, uh, the Global Future 2045 International Congress, led by iconic futurist Ray Kurzweil and held in Moscow a few months back, lays out a stark vision of the future of neo-humanity, where AI, or um, I believe that stands for automated intelligence, um, Cybernetics, nanotech, and other emerging technologies replace mankind. Replace mankind. See, they don't want us here. They don't want... They want automaton robots that will do exactly what they say because they're the gods and we need to be eliminated from planet Earth because we are the cancer. We are the parasites in their eyes. Remember, their father's Satan. They're of the father of the devil, and of his works they will do, essentially. Okay, and of his lusts, they will do. Well, they're just carrying out his plan. We're created in God's image. Satan wants to eradicate humanity off the face of the planet. He knows his destination is the lake of fire, and he wants to take as many people with him as he can. Uh, and he feels like the best way that he can hurt Jesus Christ, Father God, the Holy Spirit, is by eradicating humanity and corrupting them to the fullest extent possible. This is his motivation. Just so you know, that's why this is all happening. Okay, there's, there's, no, there's no logic to any of this. It's just madness. It's satanic madness. It's not going to benefit him in the end. It's not gonna. It's it's, it's not gonna. Trust me. It's not gonna be a comfort to Satan when he's burning in the lake of fire forever. Oh, I'm so glad I got all these people in here with me. He's he's delusional. Okay, he, it's just madness. So going further, um, this. Let me just read the last sentence again. This global future 2045 international congress was held in Moscow a few months back, lays out a stark vision of the future for neo-humanity, where AI, automated intelligence essentially, cybernetics, nanotech, and other emerging technologies replace mankind with an open, human, humanistic vision now being steered by the elite. Uh, let's go further. But which emerged out of the Darwinian circles directed by the likes of T.H. Huxley and his grandchildren, Julian, who coined the term transhumanism, and Atlas Huxley, uh, author of Brave New World. Boy, they really, uh, Apple don't fall too far from the tree there. They raised a real corrupt brood of kids. Resistance to the rapid shift in society, uh, the 2045 conference argues, is nothing short of the return to the Middle Ages. In other words, if we resist all of this draconian garbage that I've been talking about, you know, Injectable nanorobots, transhumanism, neural implants, basically the mark of the beast as well. If we resist this, it's nothing short of of uh, it's nothing short of a return to the Middle Ages. We're just primitive, in other words. As the video points out, which we'll be watching in a second, or we'll be listening to in this case, the group immediately met to draft a quote resolution that will be submitted to the United Nations demanding the implementation of the committees to discuss life extension avatar projects as a necessary tool in the preservation of humankind. Uh, imagine that um, submitted to the United Nations, who I've reported on extensively as well in their role in this whole New World Order process. The Russia 2045 conference uh, dubs itself as a strategic social movement with aims to, quote, evolve humanity and extend life towards everlasting. What lies from the pits of hell? Now, I'm going to play this video. I mean, it is absolutely, I couldn't even believe what I was hearing. Jaw-dropping. And I'm on their official website, Global Future 45, 2045 International Congress. 
Okay, I'm going to play this video, and you're, you're not going to believe this. It's, it's entitled 2045, a, a New Era for Humanity. This is straight from their the website. The world is on the verge of global change. The speed of data transmission has increased by multiples of millions. The rate of globally significant events and that of discoveries and crises is growing exponentially. Our civilization is like an uncaptained ship sailing on rough seas with neither chart nor compass, all the while moving faster and faster. The time we have to make the right decisions is shorter and shorter. We are facing the choice to fall into a new dark age, into affliction and degradation, or to find a new model for human development and create not simply a new civilization, but a new mankind. A new mankind, and they will not be human. They will be transhuman. They will not. They will be cyborgs. Technology is our god, and that is our only hope. I'm just translating what they've said so far. Historic crises show that to break the deadlock, we need technological revolution. It is clear that today's revolution will also require the deepest social transformation. The world's community and leaders should encourage mankind instead of wasting resources on solving momentary problems. To focus on the technologies of the future. Nanotechnology, biotechnology, information technology, cognitive technology, genetics and robotics. Doing so will allow us to find new sources of energy, create fundamentally new architecture and transportation, allow unprecedented developments of human cognitive abilities, refine artificial intelligences, and brain-computer interfaces, simulate complex systems. I'm sorry, AI is artificial intelligence, not automated. Artificial, sorry about that. Create humanoid robots and cyborgs, and with the help of nanorobots, we may develop manageable matter. Find where... Create humanoid robots and nanorobots? Humanoid? Cyborgs? Are you kidding me? This is the solution? I mean, this is just... It's unbelievable. And they're holding gigantic conferences... And and they're and they're they're being serious. They're they're not. This isn't like they're playing around. I know it sounds like something out of a B-rated movie, but it's like they're real. These guys and they're these are the ones that are the highest levels of the Illuminati on planet Earth. Is to transfer one's personality to an artificial carrier. <laughs> so. That's the ultimate goal, to transfer our personality or our soul and spirit to an artificial carrier. <laughs> I'm not making, I mean, they're not making this stuff up. This is their goal. I, I mean, this is their end game. That way we can live forever and be as God's. Transfer our personality to an artificial carrier. Wow. Yet what we need is not just another technological revolution, but a new civilizational paradigm. We need new philosophy and ideology, new ethics, new culture, and new psychology. And new ethics. Yeah, I guarantee you, the, the God of the Bible and the Bible itself will be outlawed because that will not fit into their warped satanic paradigm the new metaphysics we must reset our limits go beyond ourselves beyond the earth and beyond the solar system this is an adequate response to the challenges of our time thus new reality and future man will arise could it happen spontaneously by itself unlikely humanity does not have a master plan of its development it seeks stability. It lives in the present and does not plan. It preserves the status quo and tries to escape development. It does not tend to map future centuries and take responsibility. Now, they go into this circus sideshow phase where typical mankind is predicted as a bunch of, of, of just mindless idiots, essentially. If left to themselves, nothing would ever improve. But, you know, um, obviously these, these devils making the video no much better for evolution. In consumer society's culture, there is no evolutionary vocabulary and rhetoric. To break the deadlock, the Russia 2045 movement was founded. 
It is a mega project intended to reach new heights and meanings. We intend to create a new vector for civilization aimed at constant human development and evolution. As happened with the mega projects of the last century, the nuclear and the space programs, we integrate the latest discoveries and developments from the sciences. Physics, energetics, aeronautics, bioengineering, nanotechnology, neurology, cybernetics, cognitive science. May everlasting spiritual ideals and values help us avoid going astray. Our project will give new meanings to the millions of people on Earth, will become a result of their joint creativity, and will lead us out of the ampas. Away from the murder of nature and physical death, forward to the realm of freedom and creativity, to the depths of the ocean and to the stars, to the infinite universe of our inner world. Our forecast for the next 40 years, February 2020... Okay, now pay attention to this. This is their forecast. Okay, for, I don't know, the next 40 years. This is what their timetable forecast is. Get this. You're going to love this. Global Future 2045 Congress is held in Moscow. It is a debate platform for discussion of our civilization's prospects for development. 2012 to 2013, the global economic and social crises are exacerbated. The debates on the global paradigm of future development intensifies. New transhumanist movements and parties emerge. Russia 2045 transforms into World 2045. Okay, now remember, this is from 2012 to 2014. Chaos ensues in the world. What, What they're saying here is they're predicting absolute chaos for the next two years until 2014. Remember, they're going to bring their new world order out of the chaos, order out of chaos, which is the motto of the 33rd degree Freemason, which from Latin is ordo ab cao, okay, order out of chaos. And that's what they're, this is the new world order. This is what the, the back of our dollar bill, the back of our dollar bill talks about, where it has the number 1776 in Roman numerals at the base of the pyramid at the back of the dollar bill. Get it? You can look at it. And it says, Anut Coeptis Novus Order Socorum, on the back of the dollar bill. What does that mean? Announcing the birth, Anut Coeptis, announcing the birth, Novus Order Socorum, of the New World Order. Okay, That was when it started, was 1776. This is where they've been chomping at the bit ever since 1776 to finally get to, where they would actually have this springboard into this coming transhumanistic age where we will be as gods. This is this is what they've been building for all this time. It's just that back then they didn't have the technology to pull it off. Now they do. Simultaneously, the 2045.com International Social Network for Open Innovation is expanding. Here, anyone interested may propose a project, take part in working on it, or fund it, or both. In the network, there are scientists, scholars, researchers, financiers, and managers. 2013 to 2014, new centers working on cybernetic technologies for the development of radical life extension rise. The race for immortality starts. 2015 to... Now, just bear in mind, they've got to kill off... They're talking about this immortality garbage. This is only for a very select few. 90 to 95% of the world's got to go. Okay? They're considered the sheeple people, the useless eaters, okay? The, you know, the drones, whatever, the serfs, whatever you want to call them. They got to go. Yes, they're going to have a slave class, sure. But they're going to eventually even convert the slave class into some type of cyborg class, which will probably ultimately go to full robotics, which is what I see in all of their predictive programming, they're, they're going to have a full robotic class that actually services the these gods that will ascend and, and have these, you know, uh, in, in, into what they're talking about. This isn't just for everybody, okay? They're acting like it kind of is, but it's not, okay? It's only for a very, very select few. 2020, the Avatar is created. A robotic human copy controlled by thought via brain-computer interface. It becomes as popular as a car. In Russia and in the world appear, in testing mode, several breakthrough projects. Android robots to replace people in manufacturing tasks. Android robot servants for every home. Thought 
remote-controlled avatars to provide telepresence in any place in the world and abolish the need for business trips. Flying cars. Thought-driven mobile communications built into the body or sprayed onto the skin. 2020 to 2025. An autonomous system providing life support for the brain and allowing it interaction with the environment is created. The brain is transplanted into an avatar B. With Avatar B, man receives new, expanded life. 2025. Okay, so they're going to take our brains out of our heads by 2025 and put it into some type of avatar being. Isn't that kind of funny, that, that show Skyline that came out where it shows all the people being sucked up into the, uh, into the spaceships when these evil, wicked uh, uh, race comes to basically um, cull humanity? What are they obsessed with? They're obsessed with the brain of mankind. In fact, that's what they harvest out of the people. And actually put our brains into the... Um, uh, bodies of their disgusting, sick, alien life forms. In fact, that's the way they give them life, is by pulling out our brain and our brain stems and putting it into their bodies. It, it, you see all this predictive, um, hellish programming in Hollywood with the, with the movies that they put out. The new generation of avatars provides complete transmission of sensations from all five sensory robot organs to the operator. 2030 to 2035, Rebrain. The colossal project of brain reverse engineering is implemented. World science comes very close to understanding the principles of consciousness. So they're going to reverse engineer a brain now, they're saying. And make their own brain. And, you know, (laughs) I mean, absolute, total, 100% insanity. But they're dead serious. That's the that's the crazy part about it. 2035. The first successful attempt to transfer one's personality to an alternative carrier. The epoch of cybernetic immortality begins. So at that point, they're going to be able to download our subconscious, our consciousness, into a cyborg, into a, into a robot. The, the brain's going to be... They're not going to have to reverse engineer the brain. They're going to literally download our consciousness, our, our soul and spirit, into a uh, robotic carrier, is what they're saying. 2040 to 2050. Bodies made of nanorobots that can take any shape arise alongside hologram bodies. 2045 to 2050. Drastic changes in social structure. And in scientific and technological development, all the prerequisites for space expansion are established. For the man of the future, war and violence are unacceptable. The main priority of his development is spiritual self Oh, give me a break on this. War and all, all these things will be eliminated because we'll be so advanced and so... No, it won't. I mean, if, 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 if God permitted this to happen, and I do not believe he's going to... I don't think we have that much time anyway from, from a uh, biblical timetable. You know, it would be the exact opposite. It would be a degeneration of moral values, of ethics, of everything good and evil. And But they want to they put their best foot forward and put on their nice smiley happy face and make everybody think it's going to be, you know, buttercups and roses and... and pixie dust, and it's just going to be wonderful. Everything's going to be great. And meanwhile, you know, they've eliminated 90 to 95% of the planet. I mean, there, there, there's going to be so much horrific... I mean, this is, this is very similar to the teachings that I've done on the zeitgeist. This is the whole thing behind the zeitgeist as well. This is what they're pushing for. In that Venus project that I talked about in the zeitgeist, um, with that Jacques guy, and actually we had that guy that live real near us. I went to actually see his, uh, or I actually went to pray against it. Anyway, just key in Zeitgeist if you want to know more about that, in the or the Venus Project. Uh, this is very, very, very similar, except these guys are taking it way, way, way further than anybody I've ever seen. I mean, they're, they're, they're way out there. Improvement. A new era dawns. The era of neo-humanity. The era of neo-humanity. Isn't that wonderful? 
I mean, that warmed the cockle to my heart. I don't know about you all, but I mean, it was a hallmark moment. I'm shedding a tear as I talk. Anyway, just kidding. Um, This is textbook transhumanism, rooted in the many ancient orders and the philosophy of eugenics. At its heart, transhumanism represents an esoteric, now that word esoteric means essentially quest for hidden or occult knowledge. It's also what Gnosticism is based on. Um, Hidden knowledge. Gnostic, the word means basically hidden knowledge or occult. Uh, Occult meaning having to do with the vein of witchcraft as well, which it always ends up boiling down to that. Transhumanism represents an esoteric quest um, for godhood among certain circles of the elite, connected to the Freemasons, occultism, science and technology, wherein Supposedly evolving superior beings ethically replace lesser humans. Again, this is only for the few, the proud. You know what I mean? Uh, this is only for a very, very select cadre of people. Uh, not, not us or, or anybody um, uh, you know like us. This philosophy is portrayed in the summer blockbuster Prometheus. I didn't even know this was going to talk about that, but it does. Uh, as a sort of prequel to the Alien series. Uh, fittingly, two of the attendees of this 2012 Anglophile Bilderberg meeting were Russians dealing with science and technology. Neither were apparently in, directly involved with this 2045 conference we just mentioned, uh, but it included the owner of the nanotechnology company, while Bilderberg steering committee members like Silicon Valley exec Peter Thiel are funding private space ventures, artificial island civilizations, next-gen internet ventures, and even more. Now, yeah, So we understand, Bilderberg's tied in with this, the United Nations tied in with this, The um, I'm sure the Council of Foreign Relations is, you name it. All of these people are networking together to bring about this coming new world order, this coming supposed one-world utopian society. It will be anything but that. So, again, just more confirmation. Now, I, I posted my teachings here, uh, and again, a lot of uh, some of these teachings are redundant. I've already posted them earlier, but that relates specifically to this particular thing we're talking about: uh, cloning, DNA manipulation, and corrupting the seed. Uh, the return of the Nephilim, Hollywood preparing the way, transhumanism, vaccinations, DNA, and corrupting the seed of mankind, and the indigo and star children exposed, which also relates to this particular subject. So, um, this is what we're dealing with. Okay, so we go to the next article, which is entitled, Gattaca Becomes Reality, as scientists screen and abort babies based on 3,500 genetic faults. The popular 1997 science fiction film, Gattaca, portrays a futuristic world in which human beings genetically engineered with desirable and superior superior genetic traits are given preference to natural-born human beings who are considered inferior. Now, compared to what we just looked at regarding that video, this is like... um, This is... This would be like that video that we just heard in its infancy. Okay? Because obviously that's way more draconian than Gattaca ever, ever envisioned being. And Gattaca's bad enough. The, the whole show and, and what it's based on and, and how things evolve in that particular scenario. Um, <clears throat> but, again, this was back in nine, 1997 as well, so they've gotten a lot more aggressive with their agenda. Obviously, we haven't even got to the point where Gattaca is at yet, thank God, but this is what they're, they're envisioning. So, in just 15 years since the release of the film, the scenario of this film Gattaca has become a reality as modern science has come up with a new way to test unborn babies for roughly 3,500 so-called genetic defects. The UK's Telegraph reports that a team of researchers from the University of Washington in Seattle has contrived a method of examining the genetic code of unborn babies via blood samples taken from their mothers, the saliva samples taken from their fathers. The tiny amounts of free-floating DNA present in both samples allow researchers to genetically and essentially map the entire genetic code of unborn babies and determine which genetic traits they will have upon birth. Some babies are born naturally with de novo mutations, which are said to be linked to genetic defects such as Down syndrome and cystic fibrosis. In 39 out of 
44 test cases the UW researchers were able to accurately pinpoint prior to birth de novo mutations that would occur in babies after birth. And as the technology becomes widely available to parents in the near near future, the ghastly scenario depicted in the movie Gattaca will evolve into an ever-present reality where where the unborn, only unborn babies permitted to live will thrive to live and thrive will be those with superior genetic makeups. Um, I would imagine that this would all be done in the womb so that they they could abort the baby and not actually um, deliver the baby and, you know, slaughter it upon birth if it wasn't. But in the movie Gavica, the person that was born, uh, the one in the film that was striving to get to this superior class... Of, of human beings, oh, he was born naturally though, and um, when he was born, I believe they, they did something like they, they took a blood sample from his heel, and then immediately on the screen flashed up all these things that were going to be um, probable that would develop in his life, and he was, I think he was going to be dead like by the age of 30 for some heart problem that he had, and there were, then there was other things too, and um, <clears throat> those types of births were highly, highly frowned upon. And those were the people that were janitors and uh, garbage men, and those types of jobs were the only jobs that they could get. And he goes through this elaborate scheme to mimic somebody with that was born in the Gattaca way, which they were all designer babies. You basically go out there, pick out eye color, hair color, uh, genetic tendencies if you wanted a, a concert pianist as a son or daughter. Um, did you want somebody that was more uh, athletically inclined, musically inclined, cognitively inclined? And you basically, it was just like going through a, a menu and you picked out. And then what they would do is they would, I guess, take uh, several sperm and egg samples from the mother and father that, and, and basically whatever sperm and egg sample lined up closest to the baby they picked, that's the one they would let develop in the lab. Uh, And I don't know what they would do with the others if they would just basically destroy them. Uh, I don't really think it's said, but it, it was a very evil, cold, draconian society where, you know, uh, everything's predetermined and planned and mapped out, and and there's this ultra elite class, and then there's this ultra slave class, and and uh, or considered inferior. And this is the type of you know brave new world they want to create, and brave new world, Aldous Huxley, that type of thing. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> this is what we're looking at here. This work opens up the possibility that we will be able to scan the whole genome of the baby for more than 3,000 single-gene disorders through a single non-invasive test, said Dr. J. Sender, lead scientist for the research published in the journal. His entire team, however, corporately asked that the that incorporating this level of information into prenatal decision-making raises many ethical questions that must be considered carefully within the scientific community on and on a societal level. Genetic screening will lead to more abortions, more eugenics, and a culture of genetic class suppression. Absolutely. Uh, When science starts openly tampering with life based on subjective perceptions of which genetic traits are desirable and which are not desirable, there is no way of stopping the Pandora's box of population control techniques that will surely ensue. Parents seeking the, quote, perfect child, for instance, will more likely be or more, will be more likely to simply abort a child with genetic errors and keep trying until they get the one that they want. <clears throat> As government-run healthcare emerges into full reality, state-controlled doctors may begin telling parents that they are not allowed to have an imperfect child because treating that child's inevitable genetic condition conditions will cost the state too much money. Forced abortions, in other words, could become the norm if genetic testing techniques are implemented. Let me just see something here. Uh, genetic techniques like the ones developed at UW will become widespread. Uh, and ultimately, the breeding of genetically superior children will more 
will more than likely lead to a genetically superior class of humans that looks down on those with inferior genetic traits. Well, that's what they've already got right now with the Illuminati, even though most of them are inbred freaks that are absolute psycho-sociopathic devils that have no conscience. And again, you know, who knows what's been done to their DNA along the way. Um, And they're definitely some very, very evil, evil people. Uh, this is exactly what occurred in the movie Gattaca. An inferior, as inferior humans with natural imperfections were denied jobs and treated like second-class citizens. Instead, researchers should be looking for ways to eliminate the thousands of untested chemicals that are actually being added to the food supply. Um, remove toxic fluoride chemicals from the water supply and, and the administration of gene-tampering vaccines to the young children. Now, there's links here... Um, to different things regarding those specific subjects. And I've done many, many studies on them as well. If, if you want to uh, search the keyword search box at continuefortruth.com, just key in the keywords, and I've probably done a study on it. <clears throat> These human interventions have been shown to be directly responsible for causing genetic defects in humans and are just a few of the many of the de novo mutations. If unborn babies were not exposed to chemicals like bisphenol A, herbicides like uh, glyc glycophosphate, which is like what's in Roundup, uh, genetically modified organisms and crops, uh, chemical vaccine adjuvants like thimerosal and aluminum, many of them would not develop genetic defects in the first place. See, in other words, they're doing all these things to create genetic defects. I mean, the autism rate, which used to be totally non-existent, went through the absolute roof. Well, when you vaccinate a baby or a, a child you know, over 30 times before a certain age and the mother's been vaccinated and when the baby was conceived, the mother was eating the standard American diet that's loaded with chemicals, drinking fluoridated water with chlorine in it, uh, being chemtrailed like cockroaches day by day. All of these things are going to cause genetic mutations. So they're creating the problem and then they bring us the solution, their benevolent solution which are these designer Franken-babies, essentially. So, again, it's just pure evil. No, nothing is good. It's, it's just a facade of this, uh, of this noble purpose they're trying to portray. Recent research has proven that genetic damage caused by chemical exposure can pass from generation to generation through the process known as epigenetics, even when the subsequent generations are not exposed to those chemicals. So, in other words... One generation being exposed to all those chemicals, they can actually literally pass these genetic um, damage damage problems that will manifest in future generations, even if the future generations have not been exposed to the same chemicals. Let's say they lived in a pristine environment. Well, again, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Psalm 11, verse 3. And if you corrupt something from its foundation, it's going to manifest itself down the line. And, and this is what they're talking about. This means that man-made toxins, such as those sprayed on conventional food crops, added to processed food, laced in the water supply, and applied to furniture and other consumer products, are a blatant scourge on the human genome. But science would rather ignore the obvious and instead design technologies that will allow the system to filter out genetic undesirables after they've been conceived. What Hitler and other deranged tyrants of the past tried to accomplish violently is now becoming possible genetically with, quote, scientific advancement as its cover. So, uh, that's that story. Next story, next article. World's first genetically modified babies have been born. Scientists have confirmed that the first genetically altered human beings have been born and are healthy. Yeah, are they? What are they, though? I mean, you know what I mean? In God's eyes, I mean... (laughs) Again, um, <clears throat> I'm not saying they can't get saved, but, you know, uh, when you start creating test tube creatures in a laboratory and who knows what else they may be doing with them, you know, it's not something I can really find in the Bible God commanding us to do. You know, it's, it's, it's against, um, you're playing God, essentially, which is something we should stay away from. Up to... Um, So, scientists have confirmed that the first genetically altered human beings have been born and are healthy. Up to 30 such children have been born. Now, this is what they're admitting to. 
who knows what they're doing in underground labs all all across the world that they're not admitting to. Okay, so but up to thirty have been born. Fifteen of them as a result of one experiment program in at a U.S. laboratory. But the technique has been criticized as unethical by some scientists and would be illegal in many countries, including the United Kingdom. Genetic fingerprint tests on two two one-year-old children confirm they contain a small quantity of additional genes not inherited from either parent. The additional genes were taken from a healthy donor and used to overcome the infertility problems of the mother. See, they always want to make sure they present some good reason for why they're doing this. The additional genes that the children carry have the altered have altered their germline or their collection of genes that they will pass on to their offspring. So they're literally part of three different people. That's not normal. That's not something God would naturally intend. Period. Altering the germline is something that the vast majority of scientists deem unethical, given the limitations of our knowledge. Really, who knows, again, what kind of Pandora's box you're developing by playing God like this. It is illegal to do so in many countries, and the U.S. government will not provide funds for any experiment that intentionally or unintentionally alters... Uh, let me see here. Sorry, the text got kind of messed up in my Word document here. Uh, British experts have severely criticized the development of infertility pioneer Lord Winston at the Hammersmith Hospital in London told the BBC News Online that he had great reservations about it. Regarding the treatment of um, the infertile, there is no evidence this technique is worth doing, he said. I am very surprised that it was even carried out at this stage. It certainly would not be allowed in Britain. There is no evidence that this is a possible viable treatment for infertility. Uh, This goes on to say, Lawrence Winston said that although the number of additional genes involved was tiny, it was principally the wrong thing to do. Well, you know, they're even understanding that it's the wrong thing to do, some of them. The Human Fertilization and Embryology Authority, which is the body that monitors and regulates UK reproductive medical activities, told the BBC News Online that it was aware of the technique but had decided not to allow it in the UK because of its uncertainties and the possible alteration of the human germline. US researchers have also criticized the production of genetically altered children. Eric Gengest of Case Western Reserve University said, quote, it should trouble those committed to the transparent public conversation about the prospect of using reprogenic technologies to shape future children. Again, just story after story of this same dynamic, just cross-confirming one another of this horrific future they're trying to accelerate. Next article, Bionic Brains and Beyond, high-tech implants will soon be commonplace among commonplace enhancements under our skin and inside our skulls. The National Spelling Bee of 2023 started out like any other, but controversy enveloped when contestant Susie Hamilton, an eight-year-old from Tulsa, emerged as the new champion. Contestants have been getting younger for years, That was nothing new. But midway through the event, it was discovered that uh, Susie, in the words of one commentator, was, quote, amped. Amped, like um, A-M-P-E-D, which is evidently a term they use for this. At the age of four, suffering from seizures and severe attention and behavioral problems, probably due to all the vaccines she had just gotten, Susie had received an experimental new treatment, a neural implant that prevented her seizures and helped her to focus. As it turned out, the device also appeared to make her a prodigy at memorization, as her parents and teachers soon discovered. And again, this is the, this is the girl I'm talking about here, uh, who would actually be considered a cyborg at this point. I mean, your, your, your brain's not the same. I mean, you've, you've altered the neural cognitive channels. I mean, this is very dangerous, what you're doing here. From a spiritual standpoint, I think it's very dangerous. Amped author Daniel Wilson, I guess it was a book, discusses the emergence. In the not-so-distant future, a new class of people, those microchip-enhanced mental with mental abilities, may raise questions about what it means to be human. 
Exactly. This is the question I'm bringing up. Because they're going to be post-human, or trans-human, or cyborgs. They're not going to be fully human anymore. Well, Jesus Christ didn't come here to save a bunch of cyborgs. So what? how does that work into to the salvation message? You know? Uh, it's very dangerous ground we're treading on here, and why do you think Satan would be so fired up to get this all going? Because he knows a whole bunch of cyborgs can't be saved, and, you know, it's one less detail he's got to worry about. Because obviously Satan would always try to keep you from getting saved. So, he speaks with this guy, that author of the book Amped, um, he speaks with WSJ's Gary Rosen. Was this the youngest ever winner, fully human, or was she part machine? Well, she is part machine. All that really matters is how does God view it? Okay? How does God view it? Now, I again, I don't want to speak on his stead. But when you start altering your brain, which is basically, you know, the... I mean, you can't live without a brain, obviously. It's it's what makes us us. What's contained, what's, what is... I understand we're soul and spirit. But that is conveyed through neural impulses from the brain. You start altering that, pretty, pretty slippery slope from that point forward. Um, so, was this youngest winner fully human, or was she part machine? Well, obviously she's part machine. I mean, come on, how could you argue that? Is it fair to the other contestants? And again, it goes on and says, was it fair to be for her to be in a competition with peers made of mere flesh and blood? The lawsuits will soon hit the courts. A new battle over civil rights, over the very definition of the word human, had begun. I'm sure the courts will be very, very, very sympathetic to the transhumanism movement. <laughs> because they're bought and paid for. So, don't, don't expect any... Um, sweeping court decisions to stop this practice. Sounds far-fetched? It isn't. Over the next decade, new implantable technologies will fundamentally alter the social landscape. Obviously, we just heard that video, that mind-blowing video about their timetable. I mean, I still, I, I couldn't believe it as I was watching it. I thought it was almost like a satire, some kind of you know parody on Onion or something. I mean, it, it just, I, I thought it was, are you, are you serious? Are you crazy? Yes, we are crazy. Crazy like a fox. Anyway, um, yeah, so it goes on to say, we are fast approaching a milestone in the eons-long relationship between human beings and their technology. Families once gathered around a radio like it was a warm fireplace. Then boomboxes leapt onto our shoulders. They did that because they had little legs. And then the Sony Walkman climbed into our pockets. It had little legs, too. And sank its black foam tentacles into our ears. Mm. Anyway, the newest tools are creeping still closer. They will come inside. You understand what the, the analogy they're making, though? We gathered around the radio, and then the boombox was on our shoulder, and the Sony Walkman was in our ears. And now, guess what? Technology's coming inside, because it's cozier in your brain, or in your eye or in your body, I mean, they feel neglected technology. It wants to come inside. It wants to be friends. You know, anyway, the newest tools are still creeping still closer. They will come inside and make themselves at home under our skin. Like the implantable microchip? You bet. Some already have. So, again, I like doing studies like this where we have story after story after story cross-confirming itself, and then I put post links to other teachings I've done on the subject with their own separate PDFs that also confirms this. So you can understand that I'm not just some alarmist out here just, you know, spouting off for the sake of having spouting off and, and, you know, I'm trying to warn people because this is serious, evil, draconian stuff we're dealing with here. Uh, Next article, will you barcode your children? And it has a baby it looks like a newborn baby with like a barcode on its on its shin. Um, well, I'm sure it's hopefully simulated anyway. Uh, you know, barcodes. If you look at the barcodes on the back, they'll have a, a long um, code. They'll have a long a longer set of lines on the very end and one in the middle, and they all match. Those 
Do you know what that... Because each, each barcode stands for a different number. That's the number for six. All barcodes, essentially... I've seen... I've, there are some exceptions, but virtually all barcodes, I'd say 98%, have that 666 configuration on, on all of them, all the products that we buy, including Bibles, which is really ironic. You know? Um... So yeah, they're they're there. Just check your barcode, or do do a, go up to YouTube and do barcode six six six. I'm sure there's tons of videos. That's that's information I found out. I mean, real early on after I got saved in like 1994, I, I learned that. And I mean, that was just that blew my mind. And then you know, obviously, there's a lot more than that, but it is very uh, draconian. Anyway. Barcodes and microchips could be found on nearly everything these days, but could humans be next? American science fiction author Elizabeth Moon raised a few eyebrows last week when she revealed the debate about whether it could be beneficial to place barcodes on babies at birth during an interview on BBC Radio. I would insist on every individual having a unique ID, permanently attached, a barcode if you will, and implanted chip to provide an easy fast and inexpensive way to identify individuals. Now, I've done a whole teaching on this, um, on the um, Mark of the Beast, and I'm pretty sure, yeah, I give you I give you the links to the three teachings I've done on the Mark of the Beast um, here. Uh, one of them is entitled The Real, Real ID, The Implantable Microchip in the Mark of the Beast, and then the other one is called National ID in the Mark of the Beast, and then The Hexagram, The Mark of the Beast, and The Hebrew Roots Connection. Now, these are all from 2007, actually, but they're pretty much just as applicable today. I've done, obviously, teachings like this along the way to kind of give you some some updates here. But I believed that when the Mark of the Beast would come, it was going to be a combination tattoo in conjunction with some type of implantable microchip. Because a microchip can store and in uh, it can act as like a little mini computer where where like let's say you're using it to buy or sell which is what the bible says you won't be able to buy or sell without it okay well it's going to be pretty tough to do that with a tattoo now i understand supposedly they've got tattoos now that can actually possibly change their makeup and reflect these types of things but to me it would make more sense if you had a little mini computer microchip implantable microchip inside you which could actually alter brain function brain chemistry maybe release a little small dose of cyanide if you get out of line maybe shock you you know there's there, there's going to be a lot of implications in combination with a tattoo because remember it's going to be the mark of the beast people are going to be able to go around and see if you've been marked if you just had a microchip in your right hand or forehead they might not be able to see that. I mean, hey, I see that little bulge in his forehead. He's got the mark of the beast on his right hand. Now, there's going to be a mark associated with it. And I felt as though it was going to have something to do possibly with a hexagram. Possibly. And I give you the reasons for in that teaching. I'm not saying I'm Mr. Prognosticator Guru, Swami Scott or whatever. But I'm saying I, I thought it might be plausible. Okay, uh, Maybe it will be some type of barcode. In there now, the barcode's already got six 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 already built into it. So I mean, you know, if it was the six six six, it's already there. Mark of the Beast, which is associated with the number six six six, and the barcode, which would be a unique identifier for you. Well, mission accomplished. So I, I thought that that was interesting that she brought that up. Uh, this woman that uh, goes on to say. She said a barcode, if you will, an implanted chip to provide an easy, fast, and an inexpensive way to identify individuals. She said on a weekly uh, show called The Forum, according to New York, New York Daily News, while the technology is already in place, man, I don't think they really elaborated on that very much to a certain extent, but it says while the technology is already in place, Civil liberties advocates have decried past efforts to make barcoding a reality, claiming that it would create an Orwellian society devoid of privacy where Big Brother is always watching. Even without the barcodes, governments have an ever-expanding array of tools at their disposal to track people. Since 2006, new U.S. passports include radio frequency identification tags, 
RFIDs that store all the information in a passport. And I would say if you've got one of those and there's new passports, um, ID Stronghold, and I have a little, not a link, but I have the, the reference, you just key this in on the internet, ID Stronghold Passport Wallet. It shields your passport's RFID from potential hackers. And they've got people... That, that can actually, they, they can sit in front of a store in a car, and if your credit cards, it's particularly if they're chipped, because some cards are chipped, if you have credit cards or a passport, they, can, they literally have scanners, and they can sit from a distance and scan all your information and get all your personal information, your credit card numbers, the stuff off your passport, the stuff off your driver's license, and you'll never even know it until, you know, <laughs> your life starts to fall apart. Because of all the havoc they're wreaking on you. Now, ID Stronghold makes a wallet that protects all your credit cards. And they come um, for women and men. And they also make passport wallets. Which are just for the passports. And they're real nice. I mean, they're they're leather and, and, you know, they look nice. They've even got ones that shield your phone. You can put in there. uh, Like, if... Because, remember, they can track you through your phone. Real easy, but the problem with the phone is that, uh, you know, if things started to go down, they had your phone number. You would really want to, you'd really want to take the battery out because just turning your phone off is not enough. They still track you. And I've even heard that they've got devices in some of the phones where it will provide them more battery time to track you, even if you take your battery out. So in that particular case, you would want to shield it totally. Um, wrap it. I think wrapping it in aluminum foil would do it. Uh, or their little ID stronghold cases that little mesh bags they sell that supposedly block the phone signals. Um, I'm saying worst case scenario, if things started to go down, if you started to see the red or blue lists have been implemented where they're going on their pickup rounds for their high, for the targets that have given them the most problems, the New World Order resistors, that would be one of the first things you would want to do. I'm just saying, um, get your battery out of your phone and wrap it in aluminum foil or, you know, some type of of um, metal shielding in particular. But aluminum foil would probably work just as cheap and as easy as anything. Multiple layers um, after you've taken the battery out. Uh, so... Just saying, because they will be able to track you. They can triangulate your signal within, I don't know how many feet, but it's it's pretty accurate. So anyway, um, in 2002, an implantable ID chip called Verichip was approved by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. When scanned, the chip could pull up a 16-digit number containing information about the user. Civil liberties advocates have decried past efforts to make barcoding a reality, claiming that it would create a dystopian society. The program was scrapped in 2010 amidst concerns about privacy and safety, but other companies have since come forward offering similar products. The biotech company Microchips has developed an implantable chip without injection. Without injection? How does that work? Do you, like, assimilate it? I don't get that, but anyway. While the technology company Biopt has patented a non-invasive method of identification called the human barcode. And again, they don't really elaborate in these stories, but again, some really heavy-duty stuff. Here's a picture of a injectable microchip on a, uh, on a picture of the end of someone's index finger, so you can get an idea how tiny these things are. And they probably got them way tinier than that as far as technology goes. Uh, let's see here. Uh, advocates of futuristic identification methods say the barcode could help parents or caregivers keep track of their children and elderly. Chips, they claim, could be used to easily access medical reports and would make going through security at airports and train stations more convenient to the travelers, who are now forced to stand in lines or to go through scanners. Uh, Here I give my links to all the teachings I mentioned on the Mark of the Beast. Uh, Next article, Texas schools to begin tracking students with IDs embedded within RFID chips. Again, this is all current information. This isn't something I've been sitting on for, you know, a year. This is all current, pretty much. In an attempt to get more money from the state, it's always about money, seems like, a middle school and high school in Texas are implementing a program in which student IDs will be outfitted 
with radio frequency identification chips, RFID chips, in order to track their movement around school. If you're unfamiliar with this technology, a great primer on the subject has been written by Brent Daggert for End of Why. Uh, This is a link to the thing we just mentioned. I highly recommend you take a few minutes to explore some of the other applications of RFID, many of which come nothing short of disturbing. There's a link here in the article you can click on. As is so often done when it comes to surveillance technology, this is being sold to us as enforcement administration... uh, see here. It's something for our own good and for the good of our own children. This is how, this is identical to how the Drug Enforcement Administration or the DEA is pushing their ludicrously unconstitutional license plate surveillance program. That's where they sit around and scan all of our license plates and then they form this big gigantic database on where we were on a certain day. And that way they can predict our movements. And it all goes into some big gigantic supercomputer that offers predictive programming for every single human on the planet. The Northside Independent School District of San San Antonio, Texas, has already approved the tracking devices, and according to local news outlet KVUE, an ABC affiliate, two schools in the district will have the program in place by next year. They characterize the RFID-equipped student IDs as somewhat like a GPS for teachers and administrators, which will help them pinpoint the location of students around the campus. Every parent wants to know where their child is at school, is there, is there, um, uh, claims their NISD spokesman, Pascual Gonzalez. I find this claim nothing short of laughable. Never before has there, has this ever been an issue, let alone one with every parent would be concerned about. Growing up, my parents knew I was at school. They could care less if I was in the bathroom, the library, a classroom, or any other location. To me, Gonzalez's claim is so absurd that it is almost hard to believe that anyone would even attempt to use such a nonsensical argument. What parents care? What parent cares what particular room their child is in? One legitimate concern might be if your child is ditching school, but our RFID isn't required for that. There is something. There is this new, this crazy newfangled thing called attendance or taking role, which determines if the students are present in class. You see how crazy this is? You know, If I had a child in public school, I would be much more concerned about him or her being targeted by police, attacked, or criminalized. And there's a link to the trend in that. The last of my concerns would be if my child was in the restroom at 11.18 a.m. or where or where in the cafeteria they were during lunchtime. Of course, this has nothing to do with parents or anything of that sort. It's going to give us the opportunity to track our students in the building, said Wendy Wendy Rees, the principal at Jones Middle School, where 1,200 students are going to be tagged and monitored like cattle. Again, and this is all preparing us for the mark of the beast. We need to know where you are 24-7, and you need to shut up and take it and like it. Basically is what they're, you know... This is, this is the, the, the New World Order, the loving New World Order that we're moving into. Um, it will help us have a more accurate account of our attendance, she added. This is where it becomes clear where the real purpose is. Money. According to KVUE, the, NIS, the NISD loses 175000 every day in state funding due to children who either are absent or tardy. Well, I mean, they've got their public school brainwashing programs, and they want to make sure the kiddies are there to get their daily dose of Big Brother brainwashing. And if the public schools aren't on the ball, they're going to be punished. So now they've got to institute RFIDs. Why don't they just chip all the kids, you know, and to make sure that the kiddies are on campus and getting their daily dose of brainwashing and, and being good little... Um, you know, good little slaves. Apparently, being able to monitor students who weren't able to make it to the first period could pay off greatly. Potentially over $250,000 in state funding, according to district officials. Furthermore, they claim that they could obtain $1.2 million from Medicaid since they will also be monitoring the movement of special needs students, which is only increasing by the day because there's so many autistically damaged kids from all the wicked vaccines that the special needs students are just exploding. While the district officials claim the chips implanted in the students' IDs will pay for themselves, the program will involve a startup cost of over $500,000. 
Hilariously, KVUE even refers to the program as Big Brother in no uncertain terms whatsoever. But Big Brother has its limitations, because the tag can only track students within the walls of the buildings on campus, or the special needs buses, writes Joe Conger. One would assume that they would be trying to distance this technology from the idea of Big Brother as much as possible. But oddly enough, that's far from the case. They actually refer to it as Big Brother, and they like that. But notice the thing, it's, it's, it has its limitations. It can only work in school or on these special needs buses. Mm, that's terrible. What is this world coming to? We need to have an implantable microchip that can be tracked everywhere over the planet through the geosynchronous orbit, orbits of all the, the satellites in the skies. And, and that way we can never get off the grid and never get away from the wonderful, loving, Luciferian eye of Big Brother. That's basically what they're implying here. So, it will be interesting to see if this is effective and if it will be implemented in more schools around the nation. I mean, you know, what these parents should be doing is absolutely going, protesting this. Because if the parents say nothing, that gives that, this is a a test for the Illuminati. They do this stuff all the time and they gauge to see public reaction. If there's no public reaction, they figure, well, the sheeple people are dumbed down to a, a level that, uh, we need them to be dumbed down. That means that the population at large will be able to willing to accept this same draconian action at a on a much larger scale. That's why they're doing this. Uh, further teaching our children that they not only have to kowtow to police, but also that they have to accept have to accept having their movements closely monitored by so-called authorities. Um, and again, that's what it's teaching them to do. And I believe this is the last article here. Uh, police stop, handcuff every adult at an intersection to search for a bank robber. Police in Aurora, Colorado, searching for su- suspected bank ro- robbers, stopped every car at an intersection and handcuffed all adults and searched the cars. One of which they believed was carrying the suspect. Police said they have received what they call a reliable tip that the culprit is in an armed robbery at a Wells Fargo Bank, committed an earlier uh, robbery that was, and then was then stopped at, at a red light. And I'm just going to play the video on this real quick so you can hear this for yourself and understand this actually did happen. This is from ABC News. Uh, let's see here. I'm going to roll this. State officials urge complete evacuation. Severe flooding is expected. It's okay. It was a troubling situation. Dozens of cars corralled in Aurora after a bank robbery. Did they actually pull you out of your car? Yeah, we all got cuffed <laughs> until they figured out who did what. 40 Isn't that special? They all got cuffed until they figured out. So whatever Big Brother wants, they can take away and suspend all your rights whenever they feel like it, as long as they have probable cause. Innocent people detained for more than two hours because police believed an armed bank robber was among them. The chief said today they had a virtual certainty. What's a virtual certainty? A virtual certainty. That's the language I'm using. That's all I'm giving. It turns out the bank robber was among them, armed with these two loaded, high-powered handguns. Which, again, then, oh, we're right. We just, we're justified in whatever our actions are, as long as we have virtual certainty. Well, where does it go from there? Well, we had probable certainty. Well, we thought maybe we 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 you know we handcuffed everybody. We took them all to jail. We did this. We did that, and and it, it never ends. You know, when you start to go down this the slope. You have open fire, and you have all these people detained in one area. Yes, we were very concerned about that. That's why my understanding from the description of how we handled the tactics at the scene was that that, that was extremely well done. It was clear. Extremely well done. What precedent? Where, where, where constitutionally is, is this permitted? It's not. You know, it's the new big brother, George Orwell, 1984, Brave New World we're living in. That investigative detentions are lawful for a reasonable period of time. But legal expert Jim Miller argues that raises a ton of questions about civil rights violations. The concern is that the officers, I guess, who were involved couldn't point to any of these people they stopped and say, here's my articulable suspicion. 
for believing you did something wrong. Many experts believe it may have been an error in judgment that could cost Aurora in the long run. I hope it does. uh, Individually file their lawsuits for uh, false arrest, that kind of thing. But again, if there is no public outcry, again, this is a little Big Brother Orwellian societal experiment to gauge public outcry. If there's no reaction, if everybody just does nothing and there's no protest, there's no whatever, well, then that gives the Illuminati the green light to go further with this particular thing. This is how it's called incrementalism. And this is this is how they, they operate and, and this is how they roll. So um, that's basically, I wanted to keep everything on that kind of theme for today. Um, next week we will be going over uh, a lot with this Sandusky case. Lord willing, I mean, unless something comes up and a lot of what they're doing with the gay agenda. Um, that is just, like this week, just a cavalcade of, of cross-confirming information, mind-blowing of, of what they're doing with the protecting of the homosexual, bisexual transgendered agenda and the promotion of it, the glorification of it, the yoking up with our government with it, uh, just a disgusting look at the, the, uh, that particular movement coming um, in the next teaching. Unless, again, something comes up in the next week and, and um, which, which might derail that. So anyway, um, I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day and this time you've given us. I thank you for letting us come together again, Lord God, to explore these things. I pray that um, you just take this information, Lord, and uh, disseminate it, Lord God, whatever way you see fit. I pray that blind eyes be open, that you give us eyes to see, hearts to receive, ears to hear, Lord. Um, that you would forgive us for any and all sins we have committed, Lord God, as we forgive those who have sinned against us. That the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart will be acceptable and pleasing in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Um, I pray you would cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults that they would not have dominion over us. Uh, And um, I just pray, God, that thy name be glorified through the body of Christ, Lord God, that you would use us to um, bring many people to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.